This is Aviation Careers Podcast, an aviation podcast about living your dream and pursuing an exciting aviation career. Your host, Carl Valeri, has over a decade of experience counseling pilots. Aviation Careers Podcast will help you navigate towards your aviation career goal. Here is your host, Carl Valeri. Welcome to the Inspirational, Informational, and Transparent Aviation Careers Podcast. My name is Carl Valeri, and I'm flying solo again today. We have a couple of uh, questions to answer in this episode, a real quick one, and then uh, and we'll move on. First of all, a couple of announcements. We have moved everything, all of our courses, etc., to the new platform. That's done. You can find those at aviationcareerspodcast.com slash courses. You can also click on the courses tab at the website, aviationcareerspodcast.com. And what does that include? Has everything. Has the the free courses. You know, we have a bundle of free courses. We have a bundle of pay for courses, premium courses, and those are $10 a month. Uh, In those courses, that will also include a course on... uh, on how to actually use the aerospace scholarships guide, and uh, which actually the video itself, how to use the aerospace scholarships guide, is is a free uh, video. But then at the end of the course, there's also a downloadable uh, scholarships guide that's updated uh, throughout the year, and that's the one that actually you have to pay for, and that's uh, where we've moved everything over. And I heard you, you want the PDF file, so at the end of the course, uh, if you pay for the ten dollars a month, you will get that. Uh, the other way to do it is uh, just go to Amazon or iTunes and find the book and purchase the book there. It makes it a lot easier for you. And that way you can actually have the courseware uh, and learn how to use a scholarships guide, but also get some of the updates throughout the year in the Amazon and also iTunes. The most uh, current, obviously, is going to be the one uh, that we have online. That's included with that online course on how to use a scholarships guide. And, of course, the first uh, lesson, which teaches you how to use a scholarships guide, that is free. We haven't actually produced that scholarships guide video yet, but we're placing it out there here shortly, hopefully being done by the end of the month. Also, come visit us at uh, Sun and Fun uh, when you get a chance. It's going to be in April, and check it out on our website and, of course, at our Facebook page. love meeting everybody, and it's been awesome, really awesome being able to say hi to everybody out there. Also, again, we've changed our coaching courseware. If uh, as far as signing up for the actual coaching classes, uh, a link to our external uh, software, which we use for our scheduling software. So check that out if you are in the coaching program. And uh, also another thing that we're going to be including in the coaching program, uh, if you do sign up for coaching, is some other Q&A. And remember last uh, episode, we talked about the you know different things as far as interview questions that most people miss, et cetera. Well, we've decided we're going to go ahead with the course where we're going to start doing uh, different courses. There are probably going to be about 10 questions on each chapter of different uh, interview questions. We're going to have technical and also HR questions, et cetera. The first one, obviously, is going to be free. We're going to have the first course is going to be the, the 10 most commonly missed questions on a technical interview. We're putting that one together. And uh, what you do is just watch the video. We're also going to have some quizzes afterwards and try to take the quiz afterwards and uh, see how you score. So uh, we're putting that one together. That one's going to be free, of course. The first one's free. And then after that, uh, it's included in the, the courseware bundle, which is the, the $10 a month. So it's a really great value with that $10 a month. I'm trying to get, give as much value as possible to you folks that are trying to move forward in your careers. 
Well, with all that said, uh, if you want to get in touch with me, of course, feedback at Aviation Careers Podcast. Please send us your messages, comments, and any other stories that you have. Uh, we are looking to have some more people on the show. I've been really busy with work. We've had a lot of storms, and uh, so therefore we haven't had much time to do a lot of interviews. But your questions are still really important to us, so let's get started on some of those. So here we go with some of the questions. First of all, I have a question from a college professor. It says, Carl, I have a potential student from Jamaica who wants to be a U.S. airline pilot. She's here on a student visa right now, but wants to get work visa when the time comes. Will U.S. airlines hire her? Will it be just regionals? If so, what limitations, if any, should she expect? This is a new one for me. Thought I'd ask the expert. Have a great day. Well, thanks. This this is interesting because uh, the, the answer is going to be yes. Uh, they will hire you with a visa. Uh, that is a requirement. You have to be legal to work here in the United States. There's also some interesting, uh, if you don't mind, I'd like to talk a little bit about some of the other interesting things uh, that correlate to this question. I know you're talking about someone coming from Jamaica, and of course, uh, obviously, if they become a citizen, yeah, then they can obviously work here. They must be able to work on a practical side of things. Let's talk practically speaking, yes. You will uh, need to have the right to work here, and you'll have to need to petition for that. And there's different types of visas. I'm not going to really get into the different uh, types of visas right now as far as, as mentioning the numbers and et cetera, because I've been through this process before, and that's why I'm not talking too much about it, because you have to actually look at the current rules because they change all the time. Believe me, I've been through the immigration process, and uh, it, it really, uh, what happened 10 years ago is different now. What happened 10 days ago can be different right now. So in general, I'm going to make some generalizations. Uh, then we're going to talk about you specifically finding yourself somebody that can help you, usually like an immigration attorney, et cetera. Also, if you can go out to the websites, et cetera, and find out about the uh, like H-1B visa that you may have heard. Uh, you might want to talk a little bit about that on the, and Wikipedia has a good explanation of that one. Um, and the aside that I was talking about that is really interesting is uh, this new E3 visa. If you look at most of the websites, as a matter of fact, I'll give you an example. Go to, uh, and I have it in the show notes, go to flycommuteair slash career slash pilots. And if you look at the minimum qualifications down there, it'll say a valid passport uh, or an E3 visa, and that's a special visa program. And you'll see that in a lot of these regionals, uh, that's a special visa program with Australia and our friends in Australia bringing uh, some folks up here to actually f fill some of these uh, pilot positions here in the United States. So if you're Australian, take a look at that. Um, in general, do the uh, regionals are more open, obviously, to having more folks coming in because we have a huge pilot shortage amongst the regionals. Um, majors, yeah, uh, they will hire uh, with a, a visa, but uh, you know you have to realize that there is uh, <laughs> there's so many more applicants at the majors. Remember, we talked about this pilot shortage. You can just go to aviationcarespodcast.com slash pilot shortage. Remember, this is, uh, you know, Pilots are pilots. Uh, the flights, and this is kind of interesting, the flying we, we do at the regionals now used to be done by the majors. And if you notice that a lot of the major airlines, and and uh, I won't m mention specific ones, but they're discussing in the media about moving towards uh, having the regionals 
fill those uh, and fill bigger airplanes. In other words, either the regionals or the mainline doing the flying. Of course, that'll be an interesting discussion amongst the union members as far as, you know, will the regionals be doing flying in the 100-seat jets, et cetera, or will it be the uh, the mainline of the regionals? Uh, I'm assuming it's probably going to be the mainline, but uh, you never know. You never know what's going to happen in the contract negotiations, et cetera. You're seeing a lot of that now uh, as far as trying to grow more the markets there at the regionals. And, uh, you know, it's interesting because we use these metrics. I'm not going to get into it too much, but revenue per available seat mile. And uh, people are starting to realize that's that lift uh, that you have in a regional jet, a small regional jet, is very important to the airline as far as being accretive towards their revenue and their revenue yields. And there's a whole bunch of different equations there, but uh, there's a couple airlines out there that have really, really figured that out. So anyway, I digressed a little bit from your question, but yes, uh, if you have a potential student, no matter where you're from, uh, yes, you can get hired with a a U.S. airline, Uh, especially now... Most of the people that you're talking to as a professor, and if you're listening and you're a student, you're here on a student visa and you want to move on to a work visa, uh, that can happen. It does happen. It's uh, There's a process involved, and there's some really great people at most of the colleges and most universities that can help you out. Uh, the other thing is, you know, I have a lot of friends that are uh, immigration attorneys, et cetera, that can be of a big help. Uh, I know that some of you listening, we've been through all these different types of visas that we've talked about these special visas and uh, and there is a reason why there are immigration attorneys because like I said the process changes constantly and you have to know exactly what you're looking for and how to apply like I said I trust me I've been through the the whole process of uh, of visas and getting people into the country and it uh, it really and family you know so it's really uh, been an interesting one Uh, so yes is it worth moving forward of course it is of course it is and and even if the person comes here and fulfills a need and it decides to go back to their country of origin, then yeah, that's fine. Uh, but there's uh, many, many different opportunities. Don't And another thing, by the way, don't just look at the U.S. Obviously, there's so many other countries out there that you can work in. We, we just keep talking about the U.S. because it's just a crunch right now. There's just such a shortage, especially amongst the regionals and the flying there. Anyway, thanks for the question. I move on to the next one. It says, uh, Carl and Paul, thank you very much for doing the Commute Air episode. It was very informative and helpful. To the extent possible, doing similar episodes with other regional airlines would be tremendously valuable. I will say that Paul and his HR colleagues did a great job of selling Commute Air to your listeners. I have one follow-up question specific to Commute Air and a suggestion for a somewhat sensitive topic to address in the future podcast, if you decided to be so bold. Uh, The question on Commute Air is this. Um, I think it was, yeah, Marie mentioned that Commute Air does a Skype interview initially. It wasn't clear to me whether this was just for foreign candidates or whether they did Skype interviews for U.S.-based candidates as well. Uh, To answer that, yes, they do it for U.S.-based candidates as well. Uh, The topic suggestion is this. Everyone talks about diversity, but it would be interesting to hear your thoughts on what it's like for anyone who is not a Caucasian male to work at a regional and major airlines, and furthermore, how they tend to differ in that area. It goes without saying that receptivity to diversity of ethnic background and gender can be a very important determinant of how attractive a potential employee is to a candidate who is a minority of some sort. Thanks, as always, for the great podcast. Uh, so first of all, uh, yeah, I mean, we're going to try to do more episodes. Go to your first comment uh, with some of the regionals, and it is, uh, it's beneficial to them, obviously, and uh, for selling their, their airline because that's the thing. You don't know much about the airline until you get out there and go to the interview and talk to them. What this does by interviewing the regional, 
on this show, it allows you to actually forego some of that process and get some of those questions out of the way. Uh, also, as far as a Skype interview, yeah, it's uh, for everybody and uh, throughout the U.S. and throughout the world. As far as the uh, topic on diversity, um, the uh, if if you're any any background uh, right now, it doesn't matter. You, you're going to get hired. As a matter of fact, uh, if you're looking at the at the hiring process, you've actually seen, and we've seen a big push now, uh, especially in groups, uh, specific uh, groups and and protected classes, et cetera, where they're trying to do more hiring of those. And uh, so, yeah, it actually, as far as uh, diversity is is concerned, yeah, boy. Uh, airlines are very, very much uh, trying to be diverse and to hire more of those people that aren't there that are, are uh, in minority status or in a protected status. Um, and a good example is you've seen certain airlines, you see it in the news that, uh, you know, they usually announce the first time they've had, say, a, I saw this recently. As a matter of fact, I got to, to fly with one of them, the, the first uh, female uh, sister crew that was out there, you know, two pilots. Also, uh, we've seen them hire all female classes, that type of thing. Uh, and uh, yes, you're seeing more and more of that. So I really think, I, I think I get the question you're trying to ask is the Skype interview, is that going to be a detriment uh, to you because you aren't a, a white male? I'd say no, definitely not, because airlines are, are definitely muck, looking more for diversity in the background of their applicants and, of course, of their employees. Uh, and I think that's where you're going with this. And, uh, and no, yeah, I guess it is a sticky uh, topic. Uh, but no, especially now, we're seeing a lot of uh, companies pu- push towards diversity. And uh, and do they really mean it? And uh, if they do, yeah, then, then you can see that through the hiring practices, et cetera. Uh, so don't let that, you know, no matter who you are, where you are, where you're from, uh, don't let it stop you uh, from moving forward in your career. Also, another thing that I think is really cool is there are so many other folks out there that have the same feelings you might have, uh, and and by joining some of the organizations that are involved, it actually makes you realize, hey, listen, you know, I can I can do this. Uh, I was just speaking uh, with a, a candidate of a, a specific religious background who had many concerns about working for the airlines, and uh, and yeah, I mean, and of course, those are through coaching sessions, and we can have really frank discussions there. Uh, but there are challenges, and we have to understand how to overcome those challenges. And the best thing to do is get with people that have done that, and by doing that. Uh, there's many organizations out there to do that. By doing that, it helps you tremendously, and it also, you pay it forward and helps the next person. A good example. An example would be women in aviation. I mean, here's an organization that's built around promoting all jobs in aviation and aerospace for women, and and they push that forward. And what's really cool is the fact that you have many other people of you know of like thinking etc and and also a lot of females that that actually can get advice from other females who've done it because you're sitting there at the airport and and I get it you know you're sitting there saying gosh you know seven or eight percent of of the pilots are are females and you're saying gosh well am I going to be able to do this well the best way to find out if you can is go out and talk to some and uh I don't want to make this a a, you know a commercial for women in aviation I think it's a great or trust me it's a great great organization uh and there's a lot of good uh, references there but boy there are so many groups out there uh that can help you and uh, and also that can really uh speak towards some of your concerns especially what you're talking about and you know what's really cool 
is you know on on this show, yeah, we can have a, a somewhat frank con- uh, discussion. Obviously, I can't have the discussion by myself, but you know, I'd, I'd like to have someone on for like women in aviation and all the others. You know, Black Pilots Association, Gay Pilots Association, etc. Any any other specialty group that's out there, and talk to them one on one and let them describe what the challenges are and what they hear. Uh, so we're going to try to do that more in the future. I know you've heard me had interviews with a, a lot of people from these organizations on on another show. You know, obviously on uh, Sun and Fun Radio, but it, I'd, I'd like to get them on this show. Uh, so anyway, you've really uh, uh, you know spurred a, a, a something up in me as far as wanting to have more people on the show to talk about this because this is a question I get often. Uh, I get this question usually not uh, in an email asking to discuss it on the show, and it's a it's a very uh, it's it's a sticky topic. You know, it's tough to talk about. It really is. Uh, but I love I you know I love the challenge. Let's do it. Uh, so if there's anybody listening that that uh, knows somebody at uh, you know I obviously know people at Women in Aviation. Uh, but any other organizations that want to come forth and, and talk to us on the show, I'd love to have them talk to us. And we've had that in the past, and, and it really has been absolutely wonderful and it's big help for people. Thanks for the question. I appreciate it. Um, and by the way, don't be scared about the Skype interview. I know it's in person. We, we do through our coaching, obviously. We do preparation for that Skype interview. And uh, it is a challenge, uh, but it's something that um, you get over and you just have to figure out what to do. You know, there's there's some things that I like to coach people on, like the, the lighting and the environment and what to wear, that type of thing in your interview. Uh, anyway, let's move on to the, uh, let's see, the next question that I have here is from, okay, here we go. Hi, Carl and crew. First, let me say I just found your podcast about two weeks ago, and I've already listened to the majority of the episodes, and I can't seem to get enough. The information you and your co-hosts provide to those of us trying to establish our aviation careers is invaluable and provides some clarity to what can otherwise seem to be an overwhelming and confusing process. Thank you for everything you all do to help others pursue the exciting careers in aviation has to offer. Well, thanks. I appreciate that. And I'm glad it really helps you. Uh, I'm currently transitioning out of the Army where I have been flying helicopters for the past nine years. And I'm looking to continue my aviation career with the airlines. I know there are several regionals out there developing exciting rotorcraft transition programs that are targeting U.S. military helicopter pilots since we are eligible for the reduced ATP minimums. My question relates to choosing the right regional airline to apply to. I know you've given the advice a few times to try and make sure the airline you're applying to has a strong business foundation is hopefully growing in order to reduce the risk of future furloughs and layoffs. I've heard in the news recently about certain regionals that are having to cancel flights due to their lack of qualified pilots. Is this something that should be viewed as a sign of an airline in trouble or should it be viewed as a sign of an airline that will undoubtedly be trying to grow rapidly? It seems like, to the untrained eye, this could potentially be viewed as both a positive and a negative to pilots who are applying. I'd love to hear what your experience would tell you about this. Once again, thank you for all the great information you and your team provide. Wonderful question, and I'm going to answer the the question with, it depends. Yes, it can have both, positive and negative. So, let's dig deeper into that. Number one, let's talk about the, well, let's go with positive first. Let's talk positive. You get an airline that starts really growing because a say a major that they're feeding has decided they like working with that regional airline. They suddenly start buying more and more regional jets and they can't fill the seats. That's a good sign. You know, that's a good sign that they're growing. And uh, it also uh, you know, like anything else, you have to really look at the numbers 
look at that airline, and uh, yeah, you have to learn how to maybe read some financials, etc. I know that many of you say you're only going to be there temporarily, which is true, but you would hate to have to go through a furlough, layoff, etc. If your airline is having issues of filling seats for other reasons, and those other reasons can be the fact that, yeah, maybe they just can't attract people. Maybe that airline is <laughs> losing people rapidly, and that's why they can't get pilots, and they have to they have to cancel some of those flights. There's many different reasons for that. If you're looking at an airline and and they they can't fill the seats, there's a couple of things to look at there, and why is that happening? So you have to do your research. So I'm not going to say specifically on the airline. Um, I could give an example. I mean, you look at something like, uh, I just, okay, let's go with Cumid Air since I just mentioned them. Uh, look at all the regional jets they're getting, okay? And, and this, get, this is interesting because this digs into the, to the real granular aspect of this. If you look at the regional jets that they're buying and you find out where they're getting those jets from, you can see that they're getting them from another regional airline. And uh, that other regional airline that's losing those uh, is actually shrinking, and they're having problems finding people because uh, they're shrinking. And then you look at their airline that's growing, and they're having problems because they're growing so quickly. Same problem, two different reasons, and is exactly what you are talking about in your question. So you have to delve deeper into it. Be careful what you hear on the forums. Maybe you should go out and take a look at what's actually happening at that airline through the news media, and uh, and some of the things that you can see on all these different wonderful news websites. Uh, you know, Wall Street Journal, yes, but there's also some really cool things out there as far as aviation news. Uh, so I really, you know, challenge you to go out there and find more information about that regional. And obviously you can ask us, and we will ask the regional directly if you have a question, uh, because I think it's really important that we get that message out there. So, uh, so to answer your question, yeah, you need to do some research and uh, uh, you, you can actually figure out why by maybe looking at some of the forums, but take everything with a grain of salt and go out and do your own research. Um, like I said, I, for example, I did some very specific research and I hung out at the airport uh, where there was an airline that was taking deliveries and I looked at the end numbers on those airplanes and I did some research as to where those end numbers were coming from. It didn't take me long to figure it out and uh, it actually... Uh, was being reduced from one airline. The flying is being reduced from one airline and being placed over to this other airline. That same airplane, in other words, was flying for another airline a year or two ago. Uh, so some interesting things happening in that industry. Another thing that airlines do, the majors do, and this is uh, goes to the point of many people saying don't fly for an airline that doesn't sell tickets. Uh, what does that mean? In other words, if you're a regional airline, you're actually uh, providing feed to your major airline. The major airline is the one that actually sells the tickets. So you're actually just kind of like a temporary work or contract work where they could suddenly shift uh, flying to another uh, airline. Uh, a good example, that happened to me like when I was uh, at the airline and all of a sudden I got furloughed, obviously, at 9-11, but a few years later they took away you know, over 60 airplanes. <laughs> That's a lot from the regional feed, and uh, they decided not to use uh, our airline anymore and that led to furloughs also and that was that was quite interesting that was really really an interesting interesting time but it's happening all over and it always will it'll continue there's also the other thing too by the way in general i know these are wonderful times in the u.s and abroad and uh with the airlines especially in the united states and people are like well how can anybody go out of business well that happens you know certain times there's just maybe a bad 
you know, decision uh, as far as, you know, making a decision on a business model and moving too quickly and not having enough cash to move forward. And then you're like, oh, we're in trouble. So I think it's really important to do that. Like I said, that research on that airline. So thanks again for the question. I uh, really, really appreciate it. I got time for one more question. Then I have to move out and uh, get some work done over at the the field here. Uh, so actually, by the way, it's a wonderful day, a great day to go flying. I'm here in Florida. It's a little cool. Tomorrow I get to do a lot of flying out uh, into the Northeast, etc. And uh, I know people like uh, want me to share more about what I'm doing, but like I'll give you a good example. Tomorrow. I go to work around noon, and I fly out uh, from, I'm based in Orlando now, I fly from Orlando to Austin, and then I come back to Orlando, and then I go up to Providence, uh, Rhode Island, and I do an overnight there, a long day, a little over eight hours of actual flying, and uh, and three legs, and then I have a short overnight, and then I go back to, uh, I think I go to Fort Lauderdale or something like that for a very short overnight, and then two legs, and I'm done. Uh, so that's my my trip, three day trip. It'll be fun. Uh, it gets, it's a high paying trip, high value trip. What does that mean? Of course, you, people ask that question. It's uh, you know I'm getting a lot of flying in in one day, almost to the limit of what I can fly, which is really cool. And um, I think and I didn't mention this too because of this storm. The other cool thing is that I got a whole bunch of double time because of the fact that you know I I was uh, they asked me to do a trip that wasn't on my schedule and they needed it. It was a, it was an, a, an emergency type of situation, you know, not an emergency, but like, you know, Hey, we need you. We got to go do it. And they gave me double pay for it and life was good. Uh, and it was really neat because it was equivalent to like my mortgage payment and extra, extra pay. So, uh, so anyway, that's a little insight into the job and it's, I know people like to hear that kind of stuff and, uh, it, it's really, uh, it's interesting to see how we're actually paid, and, and as pilots <laughs> in general, we complain about the bad weather, but as we're complaining about the bad weather, we look at our paychecks and we say, ooh, you know, this isn't so bad after all, uh, because usually during bad weather, you get compensated uh, fairly well, especially if you're flying during that period. Anyway, one more question. Uh, says, hello, I'm not sure if an airline career is in my future, as I don't think the work-life balance will be right fit for me. However, I would be interested in hearing what it's like working for the train department at an airline what the qualifications, quality of life, and schedule might be like. Just finished my commercial single engine add-on, taking one step forward to doing my spin endorsement for my CFI next week. Awesome question. By the way, we're going to have somebody on who's actually an adjunct professor at an airline, uh, adjunct instructor, excuse me, adjunct instructor at an airline. We're going to find out what that means and also uh, find out a little bit more about the training department and uh, discuss you know, training with people that actually work in it full-time and those that are an adjunct, which means part-time, and what the advantages and disadvantages are of both. And it's really cool. Just like you're saying, nice uh, work-life balance uh, this individual has, and he absolutely loves it. We're going to have him on soon. Well, gosh, thanks so much, everybody, for all these questions. I really appreciate it. Uh, don't forget to go to aviationcareerspodcast.com slash courses and check out our new courseware and uh, what used to be our membership page out there that actually is uh, that $10 a month we used to charge. Now it's actually a, a $10 a month and includes all those same courses that we had before. And we're going to start this new thing where... Number one, uh, we're going to have a free, uh, the first course on the scholarships guide, a free how to actually go through and search for scholarships within the scholarships guide. And that'll actually help you both with, if you have the Amazon, the iTunes book, once we come out with a print version, it'll help you there. And then if you sign up for the rest of the course, you actually get the downloadable version in a PDF format because a lot of people are 
asking for that. And that one is the one that we uh, constantly are updating. Instead of this big, large database that we had online, we're actually updating uh, our Word document, converting it to a PDF file so that you can have it for download. That one's being done uh, almost uh, sometimes on a daily basis, sometimes weekly, sometimes monthly. But that's the one that's going to be the most up-to-date. And, uh, and of course, we have more scholarships coming in. This week alone, I've put five <laughs> down that we have to put into the guide, and it's awesome. Uh, a lot of, by the way, a lot of these new scholarships, and this is what's cool about the scholarships guide, is the fact that we put them out there even if they're not ready. We have one that's coming around the corner that'll be ready soon, and we're going to put that in the guide where the where the website is, and when all the applications are are ready to go, then we put it back. We update the scholarships guide with all that information as to how to apply, where you know what you need to do, what the qualifications are. And that's what the benefit is of having that scholarships guide, whether it's the, the one in the iTunes or the uh, Amazon bookstore, et cetera. And thanks so much for purchasing that. It, it really does help us obviously bring uh, this podcast to you every month. And, uh, and uh, we really appreciate you that have given those scholarships or, or started scholarships. I think that's really cool. I know we have some listeners that have done that and have donated to scholarships through other organizations. By the way, my advice to you, if you want to start a scholarship and you have some money, partner with a larger organization because they've done this before. So for instance, go through Women in Aviation, go through AOPA, EAA, all the other A's, you know, it's <laughs> there's lots of scholarships out there. Anyway, well, thanks for listening. I really appreciate everybody that's here and, uh, and everybody that's listening right now. And one thing I'd like to ask you directly is that if, if after you're done with this podcast and, uh, and you think that you may want to you know, do this as a career, and you definitely are one of those people that wants to do it for as a career, but you're sitting on the couch and you're not doing anything. I want you to get up right now. If you're if you're running, if you're driving, you know, pull over or stop, or or maybe not right now, but after you stop and get to your destination, make a phone call. Look on your on your, you know your little iPhones or your your tablets, etc. Your devices. Start doing something now. Do something today to move forward in your career, and it could be just researching some of these things that I've talked about, maybe with the visas or something like a book and, and preparing for your, for your future interview, or maybe look at it, uh, our free online courses. Head out there and do the free coursewares. Do all those that are free out there and check those out because those will help you out. And also look more towards some of the things that will prepare you for your, uh, for your interviews in the future. Anyway, folks, I really appreciate you listening. We'll talk to you next episode, and safe flying. You have been listening to Aviation Careers Podcast, an aviation podcast about living your dream and pursuing an exciting aviation career. This aviation podcast is produced by the Valeri Aviation Corporation. Although host or guests may receive compensation for products and services discussed in this podcast, compensation never influences our opinion. Before purchasing any product or service, you should always do your own research. Music by Billy Wheeler. All rights reserved.